Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy, and I'm the pastor of Doxa Church. Today, we have Becca back at the table with us. Hello, Becca. Hi, everyone. And we have a guest, our Doxa Dialoguers who have been with us from the beginning. We'll remember Blake. He's been a guest on and off. Blake, welcome. Hello, everyone. Yes. Good to have you here, Blake. Yeah, great to be back. Absolutely. Blake, you want to just give us a super brief update on, on just where you're at in life? Man, um, just <laughs> but really all kinds of stuff going on. But I recently stopped going to seminary. Um, yeah. <laughs> not a bad thing. Took a break from uh, that. Took a break from not that. Not in a bad way. I'm going to go maybe do some counseling certification stuff. So okay, yeah. That's basically what's going on with me right now. That's Excellent. so cool, Blake. I'm excited about managing that. a business uh, mm-hmm. yeah, at a yeah. plant and staying busy with volunteering at leading the church. Leading a new life group. Oh yeah, leading yeah, that, a new that, life that, group. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, that happens tomorrow night. Actually, so, so many things <laughs> going on. Blake is one of those people that is just so solid and steady, and just so good to have around. And he's Absolutely. honestly kind of like family to me. I feel like I'm talking with two <laughs> brothers right now. So. <laughs> Thanks, Becca. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, today we're going to be talking about the fear of the Lord, the contrast to that, which is the destructive nature of fear of man. So I'm going to begin today. We did a podcast on fear at the very beginning of 2019. This was back with Brian and you, Becca. I don't know if you you remember that. Oh. Do you remember doing that? No, I actually totally had forgotten. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time ago. I guess ago. I should have just pulled up my old podcast <laughs> instead of writing a new one. Total repeat. Yeah. <laughs> so I know there's some of you hardcore fans out there who who would have who would remember this. So uh, I just want to acknowledge that we have done this one. This is a repeat subject. But one of the things that I stumbled across back then when I was researching, I want to use as an illustration again because it's just so helpful when you're thinking about fear at just an introductory level. So there's this YouTube channel I follow, and I was sharing this with our, our podcast editor as well earlier today. But this YouTube channel is called Just Right. And this guy, will he'll, he'll pick apart like TV shows, movies, books, and just looking at it from like, uh, author's standpoint. Do you remember this, Becca? Is this ringing any yes, bells? Yes, it is. And I yeah. somehow remember bears being involved. Was that the one that bears came up? It might have been. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. But we'll have to is, go back. This is and... ringing a bell. Okay, yes. yeah. So, yeah, even if yeah, even if you were there live on the podcast, you don't fully remember this. So I think I'm safe to, to go back to this sure. illustration. But he was talking about what writers should learn from Batman Begins. Yes. And... You know, Batman Begins is one of my favorite movies, one of the first like Christopher Nolan movie I ever saw. And it's a fascinating video. It's like eight minutes long, so I'm not gonna talk about all the different parts of it, but he talks about how this movie was very like tight as far as the writing went. There was four different acts and there were four corners of opposition mm-hmm. with the four main characters. They all had like a different moral slant in a different moral compass that was driving them Mm. and so it wasn't just a battle a simple battle of like good versus evil because if you have that 
the conflict can arise pretty quickly, and the movie can be pretty simple. That really was an awesome trilogy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Very well it's written. It's my top three movies. Yeah. So yes. Good. Yes. Sounds like a podcast for another day. We'll talk <laughs> about that. So he was saying, okay, you have these four different characters, four corners of opposition, and the story will almost write itself. And out of these four different characters, it all centered around fear. That's really the main subject that was really being explored at all these different nuanced levels throughout the movie. So, Scarecrow, played by Cillian Murphy, is your doppelganger. Com- oh yeah! <laughs> wow! Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> it is. Okay. People, really people have people have That's... seen that. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but Scarecrow, played by Cillian Murphy, is in conflict with Falcone, who's the crime boss, who owned the police force in Gotham, and both of them fear Raz Al Ghul, the leader of the League of Shadows who is the one who trains Batman. So those are your four main characters. But the depth of the movie isn't just that they as individuals are in opposition to each other. It's all, as I I said, their values are in opposition to each other. And whenever these characters with different values clash, we can't help but interpret this as part of a moral argument. So the power of fear, each of the four characters all use fear, but they use it against different targets. Bruce Wayne and Ra's al Ghul are not criminals, but they use fear in an altruistic way. Scarecrow and Falcone use it in a selfish way. And all of them are using fear with a specific and different endgame. Falcone uses crime to make money and stay powerful. Scarecrow uses fear to mess with criminals for his own disturbed enjoyment. Ra's al Ghul uses fear to terrorize Gotham. And that's wrong, even if it's supposedly for some greater moral good in the end. And all of these leaves standing Batman's position on fear, which it should be used against criminals, but only as a way to prevent future crime. Do you guys remember all this? Mm-hmm. This movie mm-hmm. coming back to you? I'm going to have to go watch it now <laughs> when I go home. Yeah. Get me excited. <laughs> so, Batman. yeah, there's so much more in this video. It breaks down all the masterful elements of storytelling and and I, and I mean how he uses those four acts to build his story. But this is where I'm going to break away from that movie and that, and that example and talk about fear. Because I think fear is usually motivated by these same four core passions. Either you use fear to keep other people in line, mm-hmm. like the League of Shadows did uh, when it supposedly sacked Rome, you know. Or you use fear to disturb and mess with other people like Cillian Murphy's Scarecrow character or you use fear for your own personal advancement, like Falcone. The last one is you use fear to punish evil and to advance peace. Surprise, surprise, that's the character of Batman. He uses fear the same way. But when it comes to fearing the Lord, this is where like, the more I talked about this and, and thought about this over, over the course of this week, I kind of came in into a different position than I even did like a couple years ago when we did this podcast. Because I think when it comes to fearing the Lord, it goes beyond all of those human elements mm. of fear. We're really in a different class all in its own. You know, that movie very well sums up human fears, but it still doesn't encapsulate what we are talking about with the fear of, lo- fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I've explained all these nuances of fear for you. And now I'm just like wiping that slate clean because we're not talking about any of that. Not exactly. First of all, God never tells the lost world to fear him. As far as I know, 
I was racking my mind to think of any scripture passages where God tells a lost person who doesn't know him to fear me. He condemns them for not fearing him, but he's, that's never his command. His command is always repent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, you need to repent first. Mm-hmm. So, so when we read scripture, we have this understanding that God knows that, that repentance and being in relationship with him has to first of all come first. Mm-hmm. And the driving motivator isn't just separation and judgment. It's also inspired by love and restoration. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's our fear of the Lord and our, our love for God. And really that awe of God doesn't come until you have some sort of relationship with him too. Because mm-hmm. unbelieving people, they don't have an awe there because they don't, they're yep. not worshiping yep. him. So that would make sense. So you can see why this would be very easily misunderstood by anyone who isn't walking with Jesus. Like we're talking about, if we're talking about the fear of the Lord, this is just a confusing subject Mm -hmm. because we have this human perspective of fear. And even as nuanced as you can get with it, it still isn't the same thing here. Mm -hmm. Biblically speaking in the Christian life, this is another important distinction. If you are motivated by fear and you do the right thing, so to speak, just so you can be fine with God, you are eventually going to run deeper and deeper into a feeling of being trapped. Mm -hmm. You feel pressure to conform, Mm -hmm. and a result is an oppressive religious sense of duty and obligation. Mm -hmm. There's no joy. There's only an inner sense of shame because you know deep down I'm still a sinner, and I'm like, I'm missing the mark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Romans 8.15 says, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. In Colossians 3, it says that we are not to live by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Mm-hmm. So living in fear of what other people think over what your savior thinks is a classic pitfall and everyone deals with this to a certain extent, but there's so much more freedom in not living to please people. Mm. And our world taps into this concept all the time in the form of just be yourself and don't worry about other people. Just be you. So mm-hmm. though that's close, it's better than living in the fear of people pleasing. But as a Christian, you must bake into the equation your new identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. So you don't live to just make people happy, sure, but you make your decisions on your calling, on your new identity, on who mm-hmm. God is is transforming you into becoming. So the way we should handle fear as followers of, of God is a reverence. It's a holy respect. Mm-hmm. In Proverbs 9.10, this is, this is the last verse that I really want to park on. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so this is a healthy appetite that desires to put God above everything else. I heard a pastor named Larry Osborne talking about this verse. And, you know, Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And to really get a a New Testament perspective and I think there's a passage that really kind of fleshes that verse out, would be the passage that we see in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. Because you really see the downward cycle 
of a of humanity that is not fearing the Lord, the knowledge of the Holy One and His understanding. And that passage in Romans one, it really is is like it's like this dimmer switch. Okay, it's like mm-hmm. if if you ignore the light you have. God doesn't turn the light up. He actually slowly turns the light down. Mm -hmm. So we see at the bottom of that downward path, you see sexual debauchery. What quickly follows that is really completely broken relationships. Mm -hmm. And that is what has permeated our culture and and, and is happening right now. Mm -hmm. So often even Christians are struggling with this where we're we're feeling the effects of this downward cycle that has turned away from God. So if you go back to like the Proverbs nine situation for a second, um, you have knowledge of God that is written on your heart. Everyone has that. We're made in God's image. But rather than pursue that truth and seek that knowledge to find out who that God is, people decide, no, I will just make God into my own image. And this God that I am following that I've kind of morphed in my mind amazingly always aligns with my preferences, my feelings and my desires. Mm -hmm. God says, if you want to do that, I will let you do that. But the next thing you know, you're going to be making idols and you're worshiping them. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're worshiping things you made with your own hands. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're, we're always all worshiping something. Yeah. And sure. if it's not God, it is something else. But exactly, because right, fear is very tied into that. It really is. Right. So that's so often what what people do. Even even people like us who are trying to follow Jesus and live life on mission for the glory of God. If we don't have the fear of the Lord in the appropriate sense, saying, "Hey, He's right. I'm not going to follow my feeling here. I'm not going to follow mm-hmm. what I would like this to be because it mm-hmm. it." makes my life more comfortable right now i'm gonna actually fear the lord and follow him even if i don't fully understand it then you were seeking the knowledge of god to be more like him you know i was just talking to a friend about this last night actually how ultimately it boils down to two things either truth is inside myself in Mm -hmm. fluid or it's outside of myself and fixed and that is where that's I am where, where we are at, at Doxes. We do believe that it's outside of ourselves. It's fixed on the word of God and who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just talking to a friend about that, and she was saying, you know, I'm so glad it isn't in me. How? What a responsibility that. That's too Seriously. much. I can't. I wouldn't even want that responsibility. Yeah. But how fearful. Yeah. How scary. <laughs> how be, scary is that? Right. For it to be us <laughs> on us for truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because we change. He doesn't change. Yeah, listening to that inner voice and pursuing what's true to yourself is always going to lead you to this to this opposite place where you don't fear the Lord. You just do your thing, and then eventually you're still going to fear something, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to end mm-hmm. up fearing everyone else out there, right. and you're going to be trying to please them. So you have to make sure you're using the right compass to get to the right place. Can't have a broken compass, and it all does come down to the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. Where you want to go isn't always where you should be going. Uh, It's true in our sexuality. It's true in how we want to treat people. It's true in how we build our life, just the daily decisions we make to advance our life. The fear of the Lord is 100% connected to your view of Scripture. 
the authority of God's word. To turn inward and ignore the truth that is outside of you, like Becca was talking about, the truth that's found in scripture, and run towards what seems good to you, is the first mistake of the downward dimmer. And when you hear out there posturing that's directed towards the church, and it's, it's condemnatory in nature, and often it comes from people who once went to church, it's always cloaked with moral superiority. And, I mean, let's be real, the church is a pretty easy target because it's full of people. But at the root of that, mark it down every time, is this connection between the fear of the Lord and how that is joined at the hip with the authority of God's word. Those things go together. And they're always at the root of that. So instead, pursue him. Seek the knowledge of the Holy One. You have to let scripture be your compass. Seek his truth. And that very rarely corresponds to the easy path. Fearing God means I respect and honor my God and Savior because I care more about Him, what He's done for me, and making Him known, than I care about how others are going to accept me or offending this person because I know the truth is what they need to hear. And even if it offends them, they need to know this. That's real love. The fear of the Lord motivates us and inspires us to love, to show His grace and to sacrifice for others. And it's a fear that keeps us away from the selfish, destructive decisions we see in Romans 8. So it does have a sense of warning, but that's not what defines it. The fear of the Lord is defined by the authority of the Word of God. The authority of God, and it's driven by love. sort of coming off of what David was talking about, that there are two types of fears we see in Scripture, and that is the fear of the Lord, obviously, and also this other type of fear that I'm just going to call sinful fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the sinful fear is very destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see that in Scripture. We can see that just in life today when as you're living your life i can see it in my own life where fear has crept into my life at some points and and almost destroyed me yeah um Mm -hmm. and so as i was looking through this figured out or i hadn't figured out the bible (laughs) (laughs) the bible you pursued the knowledge pursued the knowledge (laughs) and figured out that the fear of the lord is actually what cures this sinful type of fear. Mm-hmm. And actually, mm-hmm. um, Paul Tripp, I think he's probably been mentioned on this podcast before, uh, he wrote this Definitely article <laughs> back in 2017 where he gave um, examples of how fear can get in the way of what God has called us as Christians to do. Mm-hmm. And so I want to read seven of these things that he said. Number one is, we're afraid that we won't be able to pay our bills so we don't give joyfully and liberally to God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is we're afraid of what our neighbors, coworkers, or family members will think so we don't share our faith as vocally as we should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're afraid that we will be rejected so we, so we don't lovingly comfort or confront a brother or sister in Christ when we need to. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of looking stupid so at 
so at Bible study or small group, we don't ask the questions that have been plaguing our faith. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We're afraid That's of failure, fun. so we don't attempt to make the most of the gifts that God has given us. Mm-hmm. We're afraid to lead the comforts of our predictable lives so we don't step out into the that ministry opportunity. Mm-hmm. And the last one is we're afraid of what people will think if they really get to know us so we find it more comfortable to hide rather to be than to be open and vulnerable. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I just thought, man, those are things that all of those things I've dealt with in my own life. Right. Um, right. And, I, all there. Um, mm-hmm. and he sums up this by saying our confessional theology doesn't always match our functional theology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is we have this these intellectual beliefs about God that we know to be true, but we don't take those truths and apply them to our hearts. And that's, mm. that is the issue. And, and Paul Tripp actually says that the Christian life is actually just the Christian battling between belief and fear. That is so true. Um, yeah. And, and that's the bat. That's where the battle is at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so instead we often let lies creep into our hearts and often those lies mask what we know to be true about God. Mm-hmm. The Bible is clear that fear is the opposite of faith. Um, when we let fear rule our lives, we are saying that we do not believe God. And, and mm-hmm. Revelation 21, eight, uh, I came across this verse. It says, but as for the cowardly and the faithless, the detestable as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And that sounds like, whoa, <laughs> where'd you go? Where are you going with this? Blake? It's a jarring verse. <laughs> well, For sure. I just, I kind of want to, you know, I read that and I thought it's interesting that the first two characteristics that John mentions in that passage in Revelation of people who are sentenced to the second death are the cowardly or, or fearful and the faithless. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think uh, maybe he mentions those two things first because all of those other sins might actually kind of come well, from uh, those mm-hmm. two two yeah. things, being fearful and being faithless. Right. Um, and so the good news is if we are cowardly, if we are fearful, if we are faithless right now, we can choose to believe. Uh, Jesus mm-hmm. died for the sin of fear as much as he died for any other sin. We don't mm-hmm. have to live in fear, and we don't have to die in fear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. S- mm-hmm. Second Timothy 1, 6 through 7 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit of fear, but or yeah, God gave us not a spirit of fear, but a, mm-hmm. of power and love and self-control. Mm-hmm. And, I love that verse. Yeah, David mentioned that earlier, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and as believers, we already have everything we need through the Holy Spirit to defeat fear. Right. Uh, we, have, we have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. The way we are to cultivate those attributes is to consistently believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Over and over again in the scriptures, Jesus says to believe in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that is the way we defeat fear. Mark 5.36 says, But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. Mm. And this mm-hmm. was in the context of Jesus going to heal Jairus' daughter. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus got there, the people came out 
of the house, and they said Jairus' daughter was dead. But Jesus simply said, do not fear, only believe. Hmm. Belief is the key of, to fighting off fear. Jesus continually, throughout the Gospels, told his disciples and others to believe in him. Yes. You know, Blake, you're making me think here, too, that even in the context, that same context, like Mark, if you back up just another chapter into Mark 4, that's when Jesus calms the storm. Mm -hmm. And that's another passage where you you see there the disciples were... You know, after he said, peace, be still, they the wind ceased, there was a great calm, and mm-hmm. the disciples were filled were with fear. Mm-hmm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Oh, yeah. So, like, there's another, <laughs> in, it's yep. like, it's <laughs> like we're going Batman this. Begin mm-hmm. levels of, like, all, all in mm-hmm. on yeah. fear in different angles here, but Jesus... You know, they they said like, "Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him?" He's like, "I've been telling you guys, yeah. I'm yeah. God." So, and he and he's like, "Look, why do you have no faith? Like, faith mm-hmm. is the answer." I mean, they had a holy reverence for fear there, yeah. but they also mm-hmm. had this this unhealthy fear that was just simply gonna be fixed if they had faith in Jesus the Christ. Of faith. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's so true, and and. You know, if we don't fight off fear with belief daily, fear will eventually destroy us. Mm-hmm. Um, it mm-hmm. it has it has destroyed many many lives. Um, people have these fears, even as believers. Mm-hmm. But again, we just have to simply believe in Jesus to mm-hmm. fight these fears. It's mm-hmm. it is an actually a, a there usually is a simple answer mm-hmm. to this. Um, And often what we fear is so much worse than, than the, the place of, the place of just living in that fear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like often like what you're fearing is like what it's doing to you is worse than the absolute worst thing that could happen if you feel, you know, that Mm -hmm. you're fearing, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And there's also no grace in imagination either. It's like often we put all this stuff on that we're so afraid of. And, mm-hmm. you know, God hasn't given us grace to go through the thing that we're afraid of. He right. He will if we go through it. You know, we mm-hmm. just put all of this stuff on ourselves that mm-hmm. ultimately is, is so destructive and it's sad. Because if you have faith to believe that God would, is, is going to carry you through it, he's going to give it to you for always a reason will. specifically. Then yeah, it, it going through it won't even be as bad as the actual mm-hmm. fear of anticipating it is. That's a good point. Yeah, and you know another another thing I th- I thought about thinking through this, and this is kind of a, a philosophy that I've actually just kind of took on <laughs> in my own life <laughs> to fight off fear. Is is don't worry about the things you cannot control. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then fix the things that you can control. Mm-hmm. And so. Yes, that's good. Most advice. things in life we can't control. I mean, most right. most things are just completely out of our hands. I mean, yeah. even even having a job and a lot of, a lot of times <laughs> might be out of your control. Sometimes, I mean, right. if, if something happens in the economy, could have a pandemic yeah, and could not have be a pandemic able to work. and not be able to work. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's it's just so many things out of our control, which is actually really freeing and, mm-hmm. and can actually. Um, free us from fear if we if we will just trust God, trust Christ mm-hmm. and, and run to him. So uh, the last thing I'll say is just fear can run deep 
but faith in Jesus runs way deeper. Amen. It's very timely, and I was thinking about it. Maybe nine eleven. Um, there was actually literally a name for that. It was the nine eleven effect. People actually stopped flying on planes, even though statistically speaking, oh, wow. it was still more likely to die in a car crash than in a plane crash. People just because of that happening didn't yeah. want to fly. You know, if you remember that, it's been been a little while. But, wow, I don't remember you know. that happening, but yeah, I could see that happening. But yeah, and I think just this year, and I won't, I won't harp on it, but we just, we really do see how, like you were saying, like how out of control (laughs) so many things really are from us. You know, we really, really do not have everything all together Mm -hmm. and that's really okay. But I think this year really has shown us that, um, and in some senses, it can it can it could make you more afraid, or it could make you run to the Lord and just have that peace mm-hmm. that you know that mm-hmm. He's in control of everything. And so, I I don't think we have to look far to see fear in every single one of our hearts, every single one of our lives. And like Blake was saying, the antithesis is always belief. And honestly, I was thinking about this too. Really, when you go down to that root. Every sin requires belief to put it to death. Every single mm-hmm. one. You think mm-hmm. about it, you know, many, many different sins actually have a lot of fear involved. But when I think of, you know, the original sin in the garden mm-hmm. with Adam and Eve, you know, there is the fear there of missing out, right? Of right. God not being who he truly said he was, um, of him withholding something from them. And that original sin was unbelief, ultimately. Yeah. And so yeah. really at the root of every sin is unbelief. It's not believing something about God, about his word, about ourselves. It's what do you believe that's always going to drive um, really everything. True. Yep. So the term fear not, I just did a search really in, in how much it's stated in the Bible. And it is said a lot. The term fear not is stated in the Bible 365 times. Wow. So if we get anything from this, it's that really God does not want us to live in fear. Mm -hmm. He does not want that for us. And he's a good father. Um, So I have a bunch of verses here that honestly just encouraged my heart so much that I really just want to read a little bit of scripture here. Yeah. Um, John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Isaiah 43, 1. But now this is what the Lord says. 
He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Hmm. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 118, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. Who can, what can mere mortals do to me? Psalm 115, you who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. Deuteronomy 31, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 56, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Um, So many verses talk about this, right? Yeah. You know, this is something that I pointed out back in our Malachi series a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago. But if you go back and listen to every single one of those verses you just read, the answer to fear every time isn't just some like, hey, it's going to be okay or it'll work out. Every single time in the Bible, when God says fear not, it's coupled immediately and followed by this truth that God is with you. Yes. It's his presence. The answer every time is his presence. It's Mm -hmm. not always the answer we're looking for, but the answer is always for I am with you. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm your little dear God. Like every single one of those passages point out Mm -hmm. God's right there with you and it's his presence. Right. Every single time. And you know, too, Romans eight says, you know, the spirit you received doesn't make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, mm-hmm. the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And so again, we cry, Abba, Father. And mm-hmm. he's just telling us, I, I'm with you. You don't have to be afraid. I've got this. I don't want you to fear. You're not a slave. You're free. You're free. You're yes. free. And so often, even just in that, like you were saying at the beginning, David, in that religious fervor, sometimes we we do things out of you know compulsion because we're just afraid of like God zapping us from the heavens you know (laughs) oh no if i do something wrong he's just gonna be so mad at me and do something terrible to me and that's not the god we see obviously god is justice and he's Mm -hmm. awe-inspiring and he's you know obviously has to deal with sin but he's made a way Mm -hmm. he's so he's withholding so much wrath from us anyway you know yeah he he doesn't Mm -hmm. He's Thank you, Jesus. Made away exactly. He he wants us to live in this freedom, so let's not go back and be slaves again. And this flip side to fear, as we've already been talking about, um, Blake and David did such a good job talking through the fear of the Lord. But there is a fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom, and that wisdom side of that, you know, awe and that deep concern for things that matter, mm-hmm. really can compel us to action. And so I want to spend a second touching on that because mm-hmm. I think that is the action side of things. You know, if we have a healthy fear of, you know, falling into debt, we might not max out our credit card so easily. You know, mm-hmm. if we have a healthy fear and awe of God and who he is and we, you know, we, we want to obey. We see him in his splendor, in his holiness, in his entirety, you know, instead of some genie in the sky that exists to make my wants into reality mm-hmm. we see him as he truly is and that awe it 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 does make us you know love love him it's not this oh i'm so afraid again he, mm-hmm. he's like i'm with you i've got you i'm your father i'm mm-hmm. i love you i want the best for you 
but that awe and that fear is to say he's he's able he's huge he's he's working he's so good you know so just a couple verses to end that up as well those thoughts um psalm 103 17 but from everlasting to everlasting the lord's love is with those who fear him his righteousness with their children's children first john 4 18 there's no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Hmm. Psalm 112, praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Psalm, or sorry, Matthew 10, 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And, you know, I, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. There are some terrifying things in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, It is easy to focus on those things, but really all that does is steal our joy in the present, right? Mm -hmm. We're, we're only, we're only given today. We, we are not promised tomorrow. And the bottom line is as a believer, you know, we are promised a savior, a God who's with us. You know, and then ultimately this life is short. It, it's over and we will again be with him forever with nothing to fear ever, ever again. <laughs> you know, he wins. He wins the battle. And we can't be so, you know, terrified of everything that could happen in this world, <laughs> you know, that we just bench ourselves and we refuse to live the Christian life. Right. You know, it's, it's, there's so much mess in the Christian life. There's, there's even danger and sacrifice at times. Sometimes there's persecution, you know, so. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 worth it. It's worth it. Let's get off the bench. Yes. You know, know he's going to be with us, and he can deliver us from those fears. You know, when you look at these stories of people that lived through stuff that we have never, you know, you look at stories of martyrs. You look at right. stories of people who've lived through just crazy things. They they were doing this with joy. There's people yeah. singing on their way to death, you right. know, just praising God in in a in a terrible dungeon cell. You know, I mean, we are so just myopic sometimes in our view <laughs> of what's going on in our world and our life. So. You know, you see like a kid who's afraid to jump in the pool because, <laughs> I mean, Paxton said this to me the other day because we were talking about uh, this summer. Beckham's a really good swimmer. Paxton hasn't quite conquered his fears and and learn how to swim yet. And I was like, yeah, Pax, I mean, I might just have to throw you in the pool. I'm like, no, Dad, <laughs> Please you, I will drown and die. <laughs> and I was like, I'll be right there I'm with you. I, I will you be right there with you. You're not going to have to do that. You don't have to worry about that. And you're right, though, when you pointed out, Becca, like those same kind of fears that we see sideline people in, in like little things in life, mm-hmm. like that is what happens to a lot of Christians spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, should I say this? You know, to my to my close friend or my family mm-hmm. member who's who's really you know just going a different direction with with you know what they're consuming and, and what they're thinking. Like, mm-hmm. what if I say the wrong thing? I don't say it right. They never I, talk to me I again. won't know how to like defend it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, just get off the bench. If the Holy Spirit is leading you to say something, mm-hmm. do it out of love and just watch him watch him take it to another watch level. Watch him work. Yeah, and yeah. ultimately, worst case scenario. You, you still have God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. what what can man do to you, ultimately? Right. 
They can kill the body. They can't kill the soul. And I don't think someone's going to kill you for having a conversation either. I'm not saying that. But Probably not. <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> but all, all in all, let's live in light of who he is. Let's find our courage, you know, through keeping our eyes on him. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Give us some feedback. Find us on Instagram. We have an Instagram page, doxa underscore dialogue, where we love to just hear back from you. And I also want to just give a challenge out there to everyone. If, if you enjoy the doxa dialogue and it's been a blessing to you, would you all please share this this week? This is the week to share the doxa dialogue. Um, yeah, text it to a friend. Pretty sure we all know someone dealing with fear we all do Every, everyone at this table probably has i remember Blake. it was a year and a half ago or so you were going through a very very tough tough thing you know it's one of the reasons why i wanted you on this on this uh, podcast tonight but yeah share that share this it really helps spread the message we hope it's a help to you and we can't wait to come back and do it again our next episode is going to be on anxiety